The views and opinions expressed on this podcast do not necessarily reflect that of I Am Belitcast. Enjoy the show! Well, hello there. Welcome back to another episode of Reading with R. It's so lovely to see you guys here. Another month, another book. Time does fly, doesn't it? Hmm. Alhamdulillah for everything. Today's episode is on drumroll. Da 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 da. Ghana must go by Taye Selassie. Hmm. At this point, I feel like it's a jinx someone put on me or something, but. Yet again, we have twins, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Well, they're not the only main characters, but we still have twins nonetheless. So um, this book is about family, primarily what a lot of African literature is about. Okay, okay, let me backtrack a bit, give a bit of an introduction. Ghana Must Go is the debut novel of Taye Selassie a british american author i think that is how she's on introduced online but um she is also half nigerian half Ghanaian, and this heritage of hers shows in her novel the novel is about a family the family of kwekusai a surgeon kwekusai is Ghanaian, and his wife is folashade savage a nigerian and the story encompasses them and their family um something that strikes me now as i'm saying that the novels about family is that almost all african literature novels are actually about family maybe it just goes to show how important family is to our lives it's like practically the centerpiece everything revolves around the family not just the nuclear the extended family well africans we do have a lot to do with families yeah so Kwekusai. The book opens up into his life. I think he's like 50 something years old. He's middle aged and then he dies in his garden. And then the book backtracks, shows us his family, like person he's currently married to, how he got married to her and how he knows her. And then his original family, that is the one that he has with the Nigerian Fola Shade, Savage, and their kids, Olu. The twins, our almighty twins, Taye and Kainde, and then the last one, the baby, Sadie. So, um, yeah, slowly it goes through different perspectives. Kweku's perspective before he dies, then after he dies, the events that happened unfolded. It shows us why he even left in the first place. The effect of that leaving on the different children you know and of course i love a book that is always from different perspectives so it just gives you different viewpoints from different characters it's more personal that way it shows you what is going on with each and every one of those so um uh, one thing i love about POV's different point of views is how personal it is. It gets into the nitty and gritty of everybody's struggles. And um, yeah, one thing, as I was saying, one thing I loved, loved about the naming of the characters is that all of the kids had Nigerian Yoruba names and the mother is the one that is Nigerian. So she totally dominated in that area and had her kids given Nigerian names. So um, uh, an event happens and uh, 
Mr. Kweku loses his job and uh, he is unable to face that failure. So he decides to leave his family instead of confronting them. And then it goes to show us the effect it has on each and every one of them and all of that good stuff the twins something happens to them and they lose that connection of theirs i'm going to leave all those juicy stuff for you guys to go and find out after reading the book so um yes something from uh, mr kweku's perspective again that strikes me is that he literally lived his whole life as if he was acting for a stage literally he has a cameraman in his head you hear him saying oh the camera cameraman takes a wide shot from the left no 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 the way he describes it it really is as if he has lived his whole life performing and it is evident i guess it is a, a bit of a complex that a lot of people in his circumstance have you know going from grass to roots not i'm, I'm not generalizing i'm not saying everybody that went from grass to roots has a complex please that's not what i mean don't, don't come for me but he has a complex of sorts and till the end of his his life he is performing so um uh, another phrase that really comes to mind when i want to describe this book is that it is like a dictionary of love yeah it literally has all the different types of love that you could have all inside of one book it's it has the familiar love it has the you know parent child love and then it has the sibling to sibling bond it has the twins love and then it has the complicated love that a child has for an absent parent a child has for an overachieving sibling that you can't help but love it's it's quite beautiful and it also has the sexual love and it has the you know regular man to woman earth shattering love and then it also has the love that you're not completely in love but you believe you're in love it has all of that and of course as always my thing my thing 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 that has to be there in all my books that i review drum roll let's say it together it is a well-written book <laughs> i can remember when i tweeted the title of the book when i finished it i think i read it last year i tweeted it with the tag the best written book i've read all year or was it early 2021 i can't remember 2022 either i read it early 2022 or late 2021 but that was the catch phrase i gave it the best written book it's really lovely the writing is lovely as usual i will read some excerpts if i keep on going some more and uh, not on the ex excerpts i i know i am going to give some things away and i don't want to i don't want to be a spoiler but uh yeah just just a teeny tiny one this this thing it's almost like mystical the bond the way they they say it Fola Shade, they call her Fola, their mom. She has this, the way the author describes it, it's like she has this space in her heart where all of her children occupy, like all the people she loves, because even Kweku has it, even after leaving her for all those years, they all have that space in her heart. And when something is wrong with them or something is happening with them, she feels it. So she knows which child something is wrong with, even if she doesn't know exactly what it is that is wrong with them. Yeah, I love that. It's a bit mystical and out there and crazy, but I love the effect. 
so um yeah on to the excerpt we go so let's start with one she is like no woman he is known or like no woman he's loved he isn't sure he ever knew them or could that a man can know a woman in the end so the woman he's loved who knew nothing of satisfaction who haven't gotten what they wanted always promptly wanted more not greedy never greedy he'd never call his mother greedy neither for la nor his daughters at least not taiwo at least not then they were doers and thinkers and lovers and seekers and givers but dreamers most dangerously of all they were dreamer women very dangerous women who looked at the world through their wide dreamer eyes and saw it not as it was brutal senseless etc but worse as it might be or might yet become so insatiable woman unpleasable woman who wanted above all things what could not be had not what they could not have no such thing for such women but what wasn't there to be had in the first place now isn't that beautiful and here's another one um it's uh, it's kind of almost in the same page so it's in the same context her thoughts are not dangerous substances the thoughts of the dreamers were landmines free radicals with them breakfast chat could devolve into war ama isn't a fighter she comes to breakfast without weapons and to bed in the evening undressed and unarmed she has no vested interest in changing his mind her natural state is contented not curious and so second of all she isn't unhappy this was a complete revelation to live in a house with a woman who is happy who is consistently happy in her resting state happy and who is happy with him not as an event or a reaction not in response to one thing that he did and must keep doing if he wants her to remain happy but whom he makes happy has made happy and who's miraculously stayed happy who has the capacity to stay happy with him over time never <laughs> this is why he believes he loves ama because her thoughts don't explode over breakfast he believes he loves ama such beautiful prose i tell you such beautiful prose and um here's one i think okay she whispers this passionately with no trace of sympathy overcome by the possessiveness one feels for one's suffering the aggressive insistence on the suffering's uniqueness in nature and depth and endurance over time how accurate is that you no know, like let that sink in how accurate is that you know we all are possessed with the this instinct to believe that our sufferings are unique and that i think it's a nigerian thing in general that the author has managed to capture very well oh, who knows maybe it is universal after all but in nigerian circles you hear someone complaining about a certain misfortune and the person he's conversing with response won't be to sympathize but is it to say you're only small you do not hear what happened to me <laughs> that's a, a very nigerian thing So and last one of the many things Fola thinks holding her daughter is the thought that it's useless to love with such force for the force doesn't travel 
doesn't keep them, protect them, doesn't go where they go, doesn't act as a shield. And yet, how to love otherwise? What else might she feel but this raw, desperate love as she clutches the girl, wishing only to protect her, to act as a shield, and this raw, desperate grief having long ago failed? And it's a wrap, people. So now, on to our titles for next month. I think we should switch it up a bit. We've been doing a lot of literary fiction. I don't think I've ever reviewed a thriller before. I don't know how that is going to go, seeing as how you can't reveal anything about a thriller. Anything, like the best you could do is just keep telling people, go and read this book, go and read this book. So yeah, we'll, we'll try that. So our options are Insomnia by Sarah Pingborough, The Maidens by Alex Michaeliades. I hope I am saying that name correct. It's Greek. Uh, sorry, excuse my Greek pronunciations. And um, last but not the least, we have Verity by Colleen Hoover. Oh my god, I'm just realizing that despite all my love for Colleen Hoover, I have never reviewed a book of hers. Huh, that's a thought. So, having thought that thought, upper month, the selections are only going to be Colleen Hoover books because I adore that woman. I adore her writing. My sister and I are always entering giveaways of her books that we never win on Instagram. It's like a thing. <laughs> so I'm going to say the titles again. Insomnia by Sarah Pingborough. The Maidens by Alex Michaeliades. And Verity by Culling Hoover. So see you guys next time. Fi Amanillah. And please don't forget to vote your pick in the comments or just let me know what you think in general about the episode in the comments. Bye, guys. I also want to mention that, guys, you can now listen to our podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Purchaser and all those other amazing platforms where you can listen to podcasts on. You can just listen on any of those platforms and have a lovely day. See you next time, inshallah. Bye.